0: Welcome to Our One Precious Lives and Our Dogs, the podcast where we talk about all things dogs and life. Uh, My name is Chrissy, and this is the very first podcast I'm recording. So um, be warned, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just watched a couple tutorials on YouTube, and I'm a big fan of podcasts myself, so here I go. We'll just see. I want to feel out this medium and yeah, just figure out if it works for me. In our very next episode, you will get to know my friend and partner in podcasting, Crime Peter. While I like the idea of being the benevolent dictator of my own podcast, I don't really like monologues. I really like conversational style podcasts. And Peter is going to help me with this. He and I will be talking about, well, you know, the things that come up as we run our respective dog training businesses, as we go about our lives, and as the world unravels around us. Um, In this brief first episode, I just want to talk a little bit about the name of this podcast and how I chose it. Our One Wild and Precious Life, is the last, the final lines of a poem by Mary Oliver. You may be familiar with that poem. Um, In case you're not, I'm going to read it to you. The poem is called The Summer Day. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean... I really like this poem, Um, and especially the last line, or the last two lines. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? If this podcast project continues, you're probably going to hear us talk quite a bit about um, life choices we've made, and maybe about uh, life choices off the beaten track. For example, I currently live in Mexico, um, originally from Austria, and Peter lives in Guatemala in one of the most beautiful spots in this world at Lake Atitlan. And that's even though he's originally from Northern Ireland. We both run dog training-related businesses, as you will hear in our next episode. Yeah, I, um, as someone who has chosen a life that is maybe not quite as common as I feel like it actually should be. I'm sometimes reminded of the fact that most people I grew up with um, followed a very, like this pre-laid track, like that had been set up for them. They graduated high school, they went to university, they graduated university with some sort of degree, got their first job, at that point, most of them had been dating their respective partners for a while. And uh, some of them are even with the person they met in high school. Then they got married and now they're all having babies left and right. Um, and that's all good. Like, I'm all happy for them. That's great. I just I just sometimes realize that's very different from, from the way I myself have chosen to live my life. For example, two of, my, two of my very best friends, actually three of my best friends in Austria are now living in the same town they were born in. Two of them are raising a family of their own there. And me, I'm single. I'm far away uh, from Austria, as far away as you can imagine. And I am I'm very much not following my uh, like the tracks my parents have laid out for me or my my culture let's say has laid out for me i'm not married i never was i did graduate university but i now work in a field that is unrelated to my degree and yeah i don't own like like i don't own a house i'm not planning on buying one Um, or if i did it wouldn't be on a mortgage i don't currently own a car the most expensive object i own is my cell phone because um, it has a really good camera and i need that to make videos for my students dog training videos that is and the most valuable creature who shares my life is my dog game malinois yeah and as i'm as i'm walking through the world and seeing and hearing how other people do life, how the people I got to know later on in life who have, like myself, chosen different tracks, how we do life and how how content and happy we are as compared to the people who do life the way it was laid out for them. As I see this and compare, like compare isn't even the right word. I just, yeah, look at the different life choices and then I sometimes wonder what is it that inspires us to make the choices we make? And if we are the kind of person who will end up taking life in their own hands and making very different choices than any of their parents or grandparents have, what is it that inspires that in us? And how does, how does our, like, where do we score on the happiness scale as compared to the people who, who lead a more traditional life? And then at the same time, I also, like, there's this other parallel world that I observe but can't be a part of. It's the world of the people who live around me, who were born in Mexico and who still live in Mexico. I'm not like them either because I chose Mexico. I wasn't born into this country. The values they hold and the the, the things that are cultural signifiers for them, the things that they use to symbolize th- certain, like, the, the objects or goals or values they use to, to show that they belong to a certain group or don't belong to a certain group and how that is similar or different to the ones, the objects and symbols I use. And here I often see a lot of difference. I don't think I would lead the life I'm leading right now and I would be living here if this was the place I was born at. I think I specifically chose a place that is not the place I was born at to live. One of the freedoms this comes with for me is that I don't have to I don't have to compete for certain for certain types of admiration. like I don't have to compete for certain for a status. For example, I'm living in a house with three housemates right now. They're all Mexican, and two of them grew up in the so- so-called barrio right here in Guanajuato, Mexico. So two of them come from modest families and they both are higher educa- educated than their parents were. And they they definitely take pride in that and they they need to like they need to show this in some in some way. They need to show the higher status to their peers and to their parents. Part of that is, for example, the, the part of town they chose to live in. They don't live in the barrio anymore. They live in a very suburban space. So this house that I'm sharing now is in the suburbs. It does not feel very Mexican here. I do not like the area. I like the house and I like my housemates, but I don't like the area that the house is in because uh, precisely because it feels very generic. It feels like a US American suburb. It's where relatively, mostly relatively light-skinned people live who own big cars and like driving fast on ridiculous roads that are made for cars rather than pedestrians. And uh, where lots of the houses look the same, um, it's like the townhouse kind of style, I kind of personally just ended up in this house. And I'm really happy about um, having ended up here because I really like my housemates, but If I were to choose a part of town to live in, I would so choose the barrio over this place. And the barrio, that's more, in the U.S., you'd probably call it mixed zoning. So you have people living in houses, going about their days, and you also have lots of little stores and taco stands and tiny restaurants. Everything you may possibly need is usually within walking distance from your house. Not everyone owns a car, and the cars you see are old and disheveled and the streets are cobblestone so people have to drive slowly there are lots of free-roaming dogs it's just a different vibe and there's a lot of life happening out in the streets because you have kids playing soccer in the street for example and you don't have that here in the suburbs but you have that in the bar- barrio and I really like that so and I can choose that because I don't compete for status with other Mexicans. Because of the fact that my skin is white, I have a different starting point. I have an unfair advantage, and it's very much an unfair advantage. I have the unfair advantage of light skin, um, and that gives me the luxury to not care about where I live and to not need to signal status to outsiders. This is something that I sometimes Like it's sometimes hard to think about that because it does not feel fair and it's a direct reflection of the unfairness and injustice in this world where someone with a European Union passport like me can choose to move to Mexico like just like that, where while someone with a Mexican passport would have a much harder time moving to the European Union. But that's a topic for a later podcast. What I wanted to say is tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life that sentence just really um, resonates with me because I try very much to be aware of what I'm doing with my one wild and precious life I'm not spiritual like the rest of the poem kind of feels a little bit spiritual I'm not religious I'm um, an atheist, I believe in science, and I think the person who made the grasshopper, that's not a person, it's not a deity, evolution made the grasshopper. But I think we only have one life, and that is exactly what makes that life so precious. I don't think there's anything after. There's just nothingness after. Nothingness isn't scary. Everything that's scary and beautiful is on this side of life, and there's only this one life we have, so... That is why we should all think about what it is we plan to do with our, with our one wild and precious lives and our dogs. All right, talk to you soon, and thanks for listening.